This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. And we are starting with a movie that uh, takes place in France. It does indeed. It's the 1517 to Paris. And Jill, unfortunately, this is not director and producer Clint Eastwood's best work. I'm a huge fan of Eastwood, and I found myself very disappointed in this story of three Americans on a train from Amsterdam to Paris in the year 2015 who encountered an alleged Islamic terrorist on board. Now, the story is that the three helped subdue the man who had already shot a passenger in the neck, and they put him in restraints until officials arrived. That's it. It's a slim premise on which to hang a movie, and that shows up in almost every scene. Now, the Americans were Spencer Stone, Anthony Sandler, and Alex Scarlatos. Stone was in the Air Force and was on leave at the time. Scarlatos was a National Guardsman who had seen action in Afghanistan. And Sadler was their friend from middle school who was still in college when he was convinced to take the summer off and do a tour of Europe with his lifelong friends. Now, the actual people played their own parts. And unfortunately, that really showed, as there was little finesse in any of the characters. They were not actors. Director Eastwood spent far too much time showing us the boys in their childhoods, always in trouble at school, with Spencer Stone desperately wanting to be in the armed forces and make a difference in people's lives. Far too much time is spent on this exposition, and then far too much time is spent on their European tour. I love watching pictures of Venice like anybody else, but as these young men toured Germany, Amsterdam, Italy, and finally France, we don't learn anything about anyone else or anything else. We don't know anything about the gunman or his motivation. We know nothing about the man who was shot on the train, a Frenchman who was born in the U.S., and we don't get any idea as to what really happened later other than a parade in the men's native Sacramento, California. Far too thin a story on which to hang an entire movie, as I said. I want to say it's paper-thin, Jill, but it's really more like saran wrap. A really big disappointment here. The rating's 14A for the 1517 to Paris. All right. Uh, What about the next one? I've I've been seeing warnings about don't go see this film and then give somebody a rabbit as a gift. Well, that's exactly right. Uh, The movie is Peter Rabbit, and here they are all. They're all here from the Beatrix Potter stories. We have Peter, the main character, wearing a smart jacket, but no pants, and his siblings, Flopsy, Mopsy, and Cottontail. Mr. McGregor, played by Sam Neill, is the farmer whose garden they wish to raid at will for the choicest and most succulent vegetables, running the risk of the wrath of McGregor, and we have Rose Byrne as the farmer tenant, who is somewhat disposed towards the rabbits. What I don't recall in any of the original source material for this animated and live-action rendition are toilet jokes and recurring gags that play closer to the Three Stooges rather than the tales of Beatrix Potter. That won't matter for the target audience here, children from six or seven up until their preteen years. They'll root relentlessly for Peter and his friends and family. They'll cower in mock fear as Mr. McGregor comes close to bringing all the fun to a halt. Uh, There's a nice subtext in the dialogue between the major characters with some social commentary involving everything from chickens to the French that adults will find appealing and clever, but which will go well over the heads of the kids in the audience, Joe. Uh, Voices are provided by James Corden as Peter, Margot Robbie, Sia, and many others. The rating is G. It's suitable for all family members. And, you know, kids like toilet jokes. I don't know why, but they just seem to. They really, really do. Um, Our next movie, I take it, is not suitable for all family members. 
No, in fact, it's almost not suitable for anybody. Uh, this is Fifty Shades Freed. Uh, by the time the third installment in this sex drench trilogy rolls around, you know exactly what to expect. Constant nudity, constant sex scenes, and constant attempts to create some kind of story to tie all the liaisons together. Christian and Anastasia, played again by Jamie Dornan and Dakota Johnson, are now married, but that doesn't stop their rabbit-like ability to punctuate every plot point with a roll in the hay or whatever happens to be handy. His company computers have been hacked, and a shadowy character from the past threatens to upset everything and may even result in the taking of a life. Quick, jump into bed. High-speed car chase? Pull over to the side of the road for, well, you get the idea. If you enjoyed the source material, Fifty Shades of Grey, you may find this one movie too many, some kind of fun. Uh, for those who believe that if God had meant for people to run around naked, they would have been born that way, he could take a pass. Uh, the rating's 18A, Jill. That's Fifty Shades Freed. All right, there you go. Uh, what's happening over? We'll take a look at the streaming services, and we'll start with Netflix. Yeah, Netflix has got a couple of things that are interesting. Altered Carbon, for starters, it's a mind-bending sci-fi series. It's a Netflix original. It's set 300 years in the future and bases most of its action and intrigue on the fact that digital technology now allows one person's mind and consciousness to be swapped into another body almost at will. Now, this offers an interesting new outlook on crime and punishment. It also makes for a very seedy but highly profitable sex industry. Now, the good news is that the show is truly original and a very weird in its dystopian San Francisco, San Francisco setting. Uh, but the bad news is that it moves very slowly. One of the challenges that we've seen in other made-for-Netflix shows is that uh, it's almost as though they don't want us to get to the good stuff, and it really takes a, a long time to get uh, rolling. The rating's 18A on Altered Carbon. Uh, the other one, Jill, are you ready for this? Hold on. Sharknado 5. 5. <laughs> global swarming. <laughs> so we've got Ian Zeering back as Finn for the fifth time. We have Tara Reid once again as wife, April. Uh, this time the damage has already been done and it's about to get personal. Much of the United States lies in ruins after the most recent Sharknados that seem to have impacted everyone everywhere. Their son is now trapped in a Sharknado that has international implications as it heads out across the ocean, picking up more sharks every moment as it sets its sights on Europe. As usual, everybody wants to be in this movie. Watch for Clay Aitken, Charo, Samantha Fox, Olivia Newton-John, Downtown, Julie Brown, and Margaret Cho, to name just a few. Great mystery is why the uh, tornado-like um, uh, windstorms only pick up sharks. It doesn't pick up sea junk. It doesn't pick up other fish, just sharks. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Jill, when these are on, they tend to be the highest-rated TV movies ever. So Sharknado 5, Global Swarming on Netflix. <laughs> There you have it. Uh, what about over on Crave TV? Uh, Crave has got Counterpart. This is a sci-fi series from the American Cable Channel Stars. It's uh, got its third and fourth episodes this month. And again, like Altered Carbon from Netflix, it has an interesting premise but a very slow start. It focuses on a government bureaucrat, played by Oscar winner J.K. Simmons, who learns that he has a counterpart in a parallel world and that part of his job has always been to guard the comings and goings of those from the other side. Way too much dialogue here, though, and not nearly enough action. That's counterpart. It's on Crave TV, Joe. All right. And Amazing Race, I, it's still on. 
Yeah, season 30 of this series, which team, uh, teams compete for a million-dollar prize in a race around the world, debuts tonight on CTV. However, the same episodes have been running on CBS for several weeks, and the 13 weeks come to a conclusion on CBS in just two weeks. So if you haven't been watching the American Channel, here is your chance for a fresh start, and it has the bonus of allowing you to view on demand if you miss an episode along the way. And also, Jill, of course, Olympics coverage, uh, lots of action today and tonight from South Korea. CBC, TSN, and Sportsnet offer the Canadian side of things, along with a look at the world, while NBC holds up the Americans. Great timing, because when we're in primetime TV viewing on the West Coast, it's early afternoon in Korea, so we get a lot of live TV with all the trimmings. That's it, Jill, uh, for television. And uh, again, uh, Sharknado 5. You don't want to miss that one. Sharknado 5. You know, they found something that works, so why wouldn't everybody who's involved in that just keep them going? Yep, the special effects are cheesy. They, they look like they were made by somebody's Xbox. Uh, the acting is way over the top. The premise is just silly, and we love it. We just love it. <laughs> yeah, so you've already broken the rule by asking a question on why it only picks up sharks. Best not to ask any questions about it. Best not to ask, that's right. <laughs> All right, Sharknado 5. Rick, thank you so much. We'll check in with you next weekend. You bet. Thanks, Joe. That is uh, Rick Forchuk. He joins us every Sunday morning. And yes, we are not joking. On Netflix, you can check out Ian Ziering and a whole bunch of other celebrities taking part in Sharknado 5. There are five of them. This one, Sharknado 5, Global Swarming. There you have it. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa HD radio at 101.1 FM HD2 and on the AM dial 980 CKNW.